Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Josh Carr Show. Today, we'll be talking about the fourth GOP debate. This one was way more entertaining than the rest. If you watched it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't watched it, don't worry. I'm going to be playing some of the clips, pretty much the most important clips in today's episode, so you don't have to go watch that two-hour debate. I watched it for you. As well as I will be posting a video on Monday showing my favorite moments of the clip, uh, of the debate in clips. Um, and so you'll be able to get a good recap from that. Really quick, before we get into the debate, I will be talking a little bit about the 2024 election in this, uh, in this episode today. And I'm going to be talking about if this debate really changed it at all. And the answer might surprise you as well. So stay tuned for that at the end. Really quick, I do want to talk about the premium sponsor of this podcast, which is Gulag America. Gulag America is a premium uh, apparel brand for patriotic clothing. I'm going to put some of them up right now so you can see what I'm talking about. I partnered with them because they create super high quality designs as well as the material on the shirts. I wash mine pretty much weekly and the material stays just as good as new. Uh, right now, if you use my code JoshCar10, you will get 10% off at gulagamerica.com. Again, that is JoshCar10 for 10% off at gulagamerica.com. Getting into this debate, guys. So I'm going to break it down by who I thought was the most interesting person in the debate, not necessarily who I think won, but the most interesting parts of the debate and work my way down through the four candidates. So if you didn't know, the four people who were involved in this debate were Vivek Ramaswamy, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, and Chris Christie. That's the order in which I'm going to be talking about them today because that's the order in which I thought they were the most interesting. And if you watch the debate, you know what I'm talking about when I say Vivek Ramaswamy was the most interesting person. What was interesting is... so. It, the way that he talked about Donald Trump, I think, was very telling in this debate. And throughout talking about Vivek Ramaswamy today, I'm going to be talking about what I think he's trying to do politically and how I think it might affect Ron DeSantis specifically. But what was interesting is the same person supporting Donald the Donald Trump indictment is funding the Nikki Haley campaign. This is something that he kind of started off the debate with. Let me say that again. He said the same person supporting Donald Trump indictments is funding Nikki Haley's campaign. And this was what Vivek Ramaswamy focused much of his rhetoric on in the debate, because as a lot of you probably heard, Nikki Haley received a lot of funding from the Koch brothers, as well as, as these big kind of Bush Republican super PACs that were once supporting Ron DeSantis and have now moved to Nikki Haley. Vivek Ramaswamy took the opportunity to really attack these people. The best, and this is the clip I'm about to show, the best moment pretty much of the whole thing the whole debate was when Vivek Ramaswamy picked up his like little pad and paper that they gave him that just said Nikki equals corrupt. Let's play the clip right now. Nikki is corrupt. This is a woman who will send your kids to die so she can buy a bigger house. This is the problem using identity politics. I mean, you just can't make that stuff up. Obviously, he's trying to take a page out of Trump's book, but and, and I'm not even saying that I was like the right move for America, if that makes sense. Like, is it making us more unified as Americans? I don't know. Is it making the Republican Party more unified? I don't know. But the name of the game, and I've said this so much for these candidates, is they have to distinguish themselves from each other. In many ways, they need to distinguish themselves from Trump as well. But at least for now, when Trump's not on the stage with them, they at least need to be second place. And Vivek Ramaswamy's not. And so something that he did that the other candidates did not do is he actually attempted to distinguish himself. And I think that's evident by the way that the mainstream media is playing the way that he 
debated, they're talking more about Vivek Ramaswamy and what he said than anybody else. And the reason why is because he was the kind of the most boisterous, the most had the most fight in him, as evident uh, by this clip. Something that he said that was really awesome. I'm just kind of included in my notes some of my favorite moments of what people have said was he said that when he woke, wrote Woke Inc., he wasn't making it as an instruction manual for Nikki Haley. So he went in on Nikki Haley talking about the corruption, especially with her gaining wealth through the military industrial complex, as we know she has, um, as well as these super PACs that are now funding her. Ramaswamy did call Nikki Haley, he said like the closest to fascist, which is objectively true. Um, and the reason why he's saying that is because of the money that she's taking and the way that she's trying to kind of force us into wars that, in his opinion, aren't productive. I would agree with that. Um, but I, I will say that, in my opinion, took a step too far because we all know at the end of this that the Republicans are going to sit down and they're going to choose a nominee, most likely going to be Trump, and all of them are going to have to come back together, right? It always happens. And the news is going to come out, like the media is going to come out to them and be like, hey, you called Nikki Haley a fascist and she is also supporting Donald Trump now. So like, how does that work? And he has that uncomfortable, he has to have, he has to take that uncomfortable moment and explain to them like, she is a fascist, but you know, like we're working together. Like, I think that's a little too far. Usually you just say things like, oh, don't trust them. They don't have your best interests at heart. And then you can kind of walk that back later. Calling someone outright fascist is not something you can easily walk back. And so I think this was too far for Vivek Ramaswamy and not at all pro productive for the Republican Party. Though, in fairness to Vivek Ramaswamy, as he's talked about in the past, Ronna McDaniel doesn't really have any intention of working with him. And so I don't know if he's really that happy with the Republican Party in, in general. Um, another clip that I want to play for you guys, this was probably the most contentious I've ever seen two candidates be on the stage because generally what happens in these contentious moments is you've got one person who's kind of made this decision to just go in on the other person and the other person has kind of this um, this alternate strategy of trying to be more passive and being more respectful, like coming off as someone who's not a firecracker. You saw this a lot in the 2016 debates with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, where Donald Trump was super contentious going in on Hillary Clinton. And Hillary Clinton was kind of more just gaslighting people and being trying to be the respectful person, um, even though she's not. But that was just the play that she was trying to make. What we saw here with Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy in these exchanges was both were really contentious. And honestly, it was kind of an awesome moment. So I'm going to play a clip. Let's let's roll it right now. Chris, your version of foreign policy experience was closing a bridge from New Jersey to New York. Yeah. So do everybody a favor. Just walk yeah. yourself off that stage. Enjoy a nice meal yeah. and get the hell out of this yeah, race. When it comes to Nikki. So as you can see, like, I don't know if that's the most helpful response from Vivek Ramaswamy, but I do give him props for going in on people, especially like Chris Christie, who knows that he has no shot at winning. And like, it's like, why are you even on the stage? Um, again, not the most helpful response. I don't know if it's going to turn voters off to Vivek because it was pretty harsh language, but I don't, I don't, I'd be surprised if anybody watching this debate or, you know, on the show today, uh, hates watching two politicians just kind of brutally hurt each other. That's, that's a win in my book. So I, I'm fine when you take like a Vivek Ramaswamy who's a newcomer and just kind of pummels this career politician because I think the more that we can pummel our career politicians, the better. Just as a general rule. 
Um, Ramaswamy's position on Israel is far more palatable than other Republicans. Uh, obviously, there is this group of the Republican Party who's really upset by how pro-Israel uh, the United States is. Overall, Rep the Republican Party is still very pro-Israel. But what Ramaswamy was saying essentially is that we should allow them their sovereignty and give them the strength of independence rather than just trying to control them and give them all this money. The Some of the founding principles of Israel is that they're supposed to be autonomous, that they can fight for themselves and that they want the opportunity to do so. And so Ramaswamy phrased it in this way of like, we should work with Israel, but we shouldn't give them tons of money. And this is actually what they want. Uh, I thought it was much more palatable the way that he said it than other candidates. So just as, as as a general statement, that was one of his best policy statements of the night. When it comes to foreign policy, I think that Vivek Ramaswamy is far more in line with the general conservative thinker than kind of the establishment Republicans like Nikki Haley and Chris Christie. Uh, and, uh, I have to I have to play for you guys the best, um, most illuminating part of the night. And I know I kind of said it was the best part before. This is the most illuminating part of our American politics than any other clip I've seen in any debate that's happened this year. And it happened when Vivek Ramaswamy called out Nikki Haley for not being able to name a single province, or excuse me, three provinces in Ukraine. Because we know that Nikki Haley is super pro-Ukraine, as a lot of establishment Republicans are. And Vivek Ramaswamy is not. He wants to kind of separate them and doesn't understand why we're giving hundreds of billions of dollars to them. I don't understand. I'm on Vivek Ramaswamy's side, to be clear. But this clip is one of the most illuminating clips I have ever seen. Let's roll it. ...in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So reject this myth that they've been selling you, that somebody had a cup of coffee stint at the UN and then makes eight million bucks after, has real foreign policy experience. It takes an outsider to see this through. Look at the blank expression. She doesn't know the names of the provinces that she wants to actually fight for. So like him or hate him, if you disagree with his policy on Ukraine, it, that's fine. It doesn't matter. You must understand that this is a huge problem in our political class in America. And, he, and this was the perfect opportunity. I love that he did this. And man, you can see DeSantis like off to the side. I don't know if his face was, I'm glad he didn't ask me this question, or if his face was like, I'm really happy that Vivek Ramaswamy is kind of destroying Haley for me right now. But you have these establishment Republicans who talk about these issues like Ukraine. And Ukraine is an important one for Nikki Haley. Like she brings it up a lot and she has a very hard position on it. And she can't even name three provinces that she is trying to keep from the hands of Russia. That's really telling. And that's why a lot of people are turning towards people like Vivek Ramaswamy, who are really smart guys. They may not be career politicians, but you could look at Vivek Ramaswamy and ask his opinion on Ukraine. He'll give you a super detailed answer. And then you could ask him question upon question upon question about that subject, and he'll be able to answer all of them. Nikki Haley cannot do that. And I know that because she cannot name three provinces in Ukraine. That's super telling. Nobody in our country should be giving $100 billion to another country if they don't know every little detail about that country. Like, it, you see memes about this online all the time. Somehow the IRS can know exactly how much that you owe them, but Congress doesn't know a single thing about Ukraine. That's super telling about how the government uses its money, and that really 
just right there, Ramaswamy really just kind of invalidated Nikki Haley's whole position on Ukraine. Now, moving on from Ramaswamy, I want to go to DeSantis. I don't have a lot to say about DeSantis. DeSantis wasn't bad in this debate by any means, but he was just kind of straightforward. Um, he had a really good answer on the point of his struggling polls, which is always a tough thing to answer. He just kind of simply said like, and this was the main theme of the night. He just said this. He's like, everybody up here is talking about things that they want to do. They're talking about things that they are planning on doing. And his simple, just kind of his testimonial and his thesis of his um, of his campaign was everything that they're talking about, I've done it. I've done it in Florida. I haven't done it on a national scale, but I've done it as an executive in one of the largest states in our country. I know how to work the executive branch. And I thought it was a really effective way uh, to pull people onto his side. And it was probably messaged in the best way that I've seen him message it. He did it in a way that was far more palatable than other times where people have criticized him of not being very personable, which I think is true. I think he was more personable in this one. Uh, there was a, a little bit of a moment where he was kind of tag teaming with Vivek just over Nikki Haley's past with her donors. Uh, I think they would be an awesome ticket, DeSantis and Vivek. I don't think it will happen because Vivek is definitely more on the Trump side. I don't think Vivek Ramaswamy is running for vice president at all, personally, because he's just straight up said he's not. Um, we'll see if that happens here in six months or so. But anyway, I think they'd be an awesome ticket. When they were tag team, teaming Nikki Haley, one of the best moments of the night. DeSantis calling out Trump for how he didn't deliver on a lot of his promises was really good. And DeSantis needs more of that. There was a moment in the debate where he just went through a list of promises that Donald Trump promised and didn't succeed. And his main argument, again, going back to what he said about Florida, is Donald Trump doesn't know how to work the executive branch the way I do. And honestly, when you look at the receipts, I think that's really true. And so he needs to lay into that a little bit more. He had three other debates before this debate to do that, and he didn't do it. And I think that was a really big mistake. Even though this was a great moment, I think it's too little too late. Um, DeSantis was far more confident on stage than I've ever seen him. Perhaps it was because he was coming off of a win against Newsom the week earlier. But regardless, I think it was a good debate for DeSantis. I don't think he did what he needed to do to distinguish himself in the end, which is unfortunate, but I can't say it's super surprising. Moving on to Chris Christie. Again, I said this was in order of who I thought was the most interesting. Chris Christie was way more interesting than Nikki Haley. And let me be clear, I like Nikki Haley more than I like Chris Christie. But Chris Christie actually was a fighter in this campaign or in this debate. And I kind of liked it. The, first off, he just started off the debate making a fat joke about himself, which I can get behind that. Like any politician that can make fun of themselves wins brownie points for me. Uh, also had a legendary moment. Chris Christie's basically had a moment where he called out Ron DeSantis for not answering questions directly. And then he proceeded to take control of that question and just answer it directly. And I thought, and, and the question was on, would he send troops to Israel to get American hostages out? To which Chris Christie said he totally would. Um, and he, it was a powerful moment. Like he was just like, yeah, of course I would. And Ron won't answer it. And seeing that fight out of Chris Christie was a, a, a pleasant surprise. Um, it was honestly a great moment. More of that would be awesome. The main problem with Chris Christie is this, and, and the moderators pointed this out in a question to him, and I'm going to kind of phrase this, uh, this question in a different way. Uh, basically, it doesn't make sense for what Chris Christie is doing in his campaign. 
Like no, like him and nobody in his campaign could think that he's winning. And the reason why is because of what the moderator said. He's basically calling Trump a dictator. He's literally said that and anti-constitution. But as the moderators pointed out, 80% of Republicans have favorable views of Trump. So you're running in this party that is largely looking at your opponent. The only reason why you're running is because you hate Donald Trump. You're running in a party that likes him. How do you think that you're going to win by demonizing those people? Because to be clear, most of those people don't believe that Donald Trump is trying to subvert the Constitution. And so if you say that, you're attacking them as well as Donald Trump. So I don't understand how Chris Christie thought he was ever going to win this. I don't see how that's a winning campaign strategy. I'm a little bit confused on what he's trying to do politically. Perhaps in the event that Joe Biden gets reelected, he's trying to maybe gain a position on his cabinet or as an ambassador. Um, but beyond that, I just I just don't understand what he's trying to do. Um, Chris Christie, again, calling out DeSantis and the other candidates for not answering questions. He did it several times. Is totally welcome. I thought it was a great addition. I wish the moderators had done a little bit more of that. Um, but the thing that really disqualified him at the end of the day for running is at the very end of the debate, he basically said that he would empower parents to let kids be on puberty blockers. I mean, he straight up said that like the trans issue should not be in the hands of the government, which as a general rule, I understand where he's coming from, but you have to understand where that line of logic takes you. If you're, because I believe, and most conservatives believe that genital mutilation and puberty blockers are a form of child abuse. And so we're not calling for a ban on it for adults, but for kids, yes, the government should step in. And if it's a form of child abuse, then what Chris Christie is basically saying is, yes, child abuse should be legal. In other words, that's a right that the parents have. And that logic doesn't follow because I know I know that if I went to Chris Christie and said, hey, do you believe that parents should be able to abuse their kids? He'd be like, no, that's ridiculous. The government needs to step in. And it's like, okay, well, what's the difference when a kid wants to chop off their penis? You know, or even if the parents are pressuring this kid to chop off their penis, uh, that right there disqualified Chris Christie entirely from running as a Republican. That's an issue that Republicans are pretty much all agreed on, and most Democrats are as well. So I don't know what he was doing with that. Really quick, guys, before I go to Nikki Haley, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Donald Trump as well as the 2024 election, I do want to talk about, I'm using it as my like mouse uh, little mover, but I do want to talk about my, my new book, A New Cult. A New Cult is a book that I just wrote. It came out just a couple weeks ago about the takeover of the West by the progressives. I talk about how they are literally a religious cult, um, the way that they've weaponized businesses, media, and the university to take over. It's a pretty short read, but I really enjoyed writing it. If you go to Amazon.com right now, you can order it just $14.99. Again, I would love the support. I think you'll really enjoy it as well. I enjoyed writing it for sure. Moving on to Nikki Haley, guys. Nikki Haley... Again, the focus of the night for Nikki Haley was her donor class. Uh, you would think that getting a ton of money from the Koch brothers would be a positive, but I really don't think it was. Uh, money is important in a campaign, no doubt, but everybody was on her about that. And when I say everybody, I mean DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy because they're the smart people. Chris Christie and Nikki Haley are totally in a camp together. He was defending her all night. Probably would, wouldn't mind being on a ticket with her, provided that she wins the nomination, which will never happen, which will never happen. But Nikki Haley... Um, basically bragged about being supported by Wall Street people. And I just think for the average Republican or independent watching, they're like, I don't, what? Like, I don't know. Don't, don't brag about getting money from Wall Street. I, I think there's a way that she could have said it that would have been better. 
Um, like she said, I'll take money from anybody. That's kind of okay to say, but also most people understand that when you take money from someone, it means that they own you a little bit. I mean, just for this podcast, I am careful who I take money from because I know as soon as I take money from them, they're going to try to influence me in some way. I love my sponsors because they haven't done that. But again, as a politician, I'm not a politician. As a politician, that's like 10 times as bad. So I can't imagine what was going on with her trying to brag about that. Uh, I think most people see right through that. Nikki was pretty quiet and poised in this debate not super loud, not trying to fight like she was in the others. And I think that was to her detriment. I think America wants a fighter. She was trying to be quiet and submissive. And I just don't think that was the right move for her, especially when it came to Vivek Ramaswamy attacking her so hard. She just sat there. And instead of looking like she was just confident, it looked like she didn't have any answers. Uh, in fact, I didn't show this clip, but when he asks her about naming three provinces in Ukraine, she stays quiet for a long time until she finally blurts out three things. And they're not all provinces of Ukraine. So it's clear that she just didn't know the answer and she was really trying to think. And uh, unfortunately, she did not realize that what she had said was not a province. Talking about Donald Trump really quick. Again, that's all I have to say about Nikki Haley. Not super important. I don't see her polls going up. Um, but anyway, talking about Donald Trump, still a win. Obviously, everyone's like, who won the debate? And everyone's like, Trump won the debate. No, he didn't win the debate because he wasn't there. Now, if you want to talk about the, the nomination, yeah, Trump's winning. He's going to win because of the debate, probably because they didn't do anything to distinguish themselves. But to be clear, he didn't win the debate. I will just say right now, I think DeSantis won the debate because of just how straight up his answers were. I think an argument could be made that Vivek Ramaswamy won as well, though I do think some of what he said may have turned some voters off who are a little bit more touchy-feely. I'm not in that camp. I don't mind a little bit of fighting, but I think that could be true. Talking about the 2024 election, though, what's going to happen is Christie and Haley are going to drop out, and they're going to support Ron DeSantis. And that's awesome for him, but the problem is, is Ramaswamy, when he drops out, I have a really hard time believing, and I have a hard time, I don't know why anyone else would believe this, that he's going to support DeSantis over Trump. And so if all three of those people came behind DeSantis, and maybe he even got some endorsements from like Mike Pence, other people like that, he could probably surge to maybe 45%. But as it stands with Ramaswamy dropping out, if he drops out, which of course eventually he will, I think his numbers are going to, to join Trump's. And I think at this point, the race is going to come down to Trump and DeSantis and probably shake out to be about 35 or 40% to 60%. Uh, and, you know, and, that, and that's it. Trump's going to win. Talking about kind of my overall thoughts of this debate, I thought the moderators did a very good job. I wish they had called people out for answering the questions a little better, but they did a really good job of letting it breathe, which NBC would just not do. They were so annoying with just not letting them interact. And that's what we want. We want to see them interact. I mean, that's where the drama is. That's where the actual debate comes in. And so I really appreciated the moderators for doing that. I thought overall they did a fantastic job because they got into better topics this time too. Some of these candidates got into a little bit more of meteor politics. Uh, DeSantis was one of them. Like he talked about ESG. He talked about central digital bank currency, things that the average politician would not touch because it's just not super understandable for the average person. But he did. And I thought that was really awesome. Part of the reason why I think DeSantis won the debate is because he just had this confidence up there where he's like, I know my stuff. And uh, I thought it was really good. Um, Again, the winner of the debate was Ron DeSantis, in my opinion. Do I think it's going to have an effect on the election? No, I think Trump overall is going to 
win the nomination. And we're yet to see if Trump really has what it takes to beat Biden. Obviously, we know every single force in the world is going to try to fight him on that. And so uh, it's yet to be seen if Trump is the strongest Republican candidate. But as of now, it seems like the GOP want him to run. So anyway, that is the episode for today, guys. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you got a little bit of value or entertainment out of this video. If you have, please consider subscribing down below. Comment what you thought about the debate, who won in your opinion, as well as go check out my book, A New Cult at Amazon. If you haven't already, I promise you'll enjoy it. Thanks, guys.